There's kind of that inner teen is like very present when we're talking about authority too and wanting that level of respect. But when you're going through that process, did you do that in therapy or did you have this realization on your own? Because I want to talk a little bit about when you're coming to huge moments like that, where you're like, wow, I'm seeing something very clearly, a pattern that is played out in my life. How are you recognizing that? Is it with a mirror of a person or is it by yourself? Is it in nature? Like, what's that process? Did lots of therapy, know the basics of psychology. At this point in my life, I reserve the right to change my mind. Completely, entirely done with therapy, psychology, absolutely want nothing to do with it. I think if I were to go into therapy at this phase, it would be, well, I'm out. I haven't done therapy for a number of years now. And I'm very grateful to the people who showed up, saved my life, put me back together with chicken mm -hmm. wire and Jungian psychotherapy. I think we get to a point where therapy is just perpetuating the story. And the story comes from the ego and the ego is always going to be looking to separate. What I would love to see in therapy, I'd, and then this happens with lots of people who are true healers. They want to work themselves out of a job, but it would be radical if the majority of us who are going to therapists walked in and said, I'm here because I want to forgive everybody who did me wrong. Okay, maybe we're not there yet. We still have to unpack the impacts of our upbringing and maybe another lifetime, whatever ideology you're in. But what if it, the therapist took it upon themselves to say, how about we work into this program that we get to forgiveness? Because you are not whole until you forgive. You do not know how powerful you are. All those things that you're craving through the revenge, through the storytelling, through the I was done wrong, all those things are on the other side of forgiveness. You want to be seen. You want to know that you're creative, that you're dynamic. You want to be loved, experience love. It all comes from saying, my heart pours love on you. You're good. I'm good. Doesn't mean you keep all the perpetrators and everybody in your life. Nobody's invited back to lunch. It's okay. We don't grow up until we forgive our parents and everybody involved in the wrongdoing. It's it's impossible. We're not we're not whole until the heart welcomes it all in. What do you think is the high-level reason for not wanting to forgive? Or can you give an instance from your own life where you didn't want to forgive? Like, what was that on a deeper level? We want to stay small. Mm. So the small self is saying, well, I want to keep identifying with stuff. It's actually that the small self wants to be the biggest thing in the room. And it's just more identity, more layers, more rightness, more definition. If you were wrong, then I can be, I can draw this line. If you said the wrong thing, I can be offended and I have a little more, another little brick in my wall. The ego is just this exaggerated sense of a separate self. So it's going to constantly be looking for reasons to keep you divided, away from your power, away from another person. I believe that it's actually the heart's natural inclination to forgive. 
And we're hurting ourselves when we don't forgive. And that our default is to love, except we talk ourselves out of it all the time. Or I've had a number, I've had a handful of experiences where I was just like, that person clearly screwed me over. They were so out of integrity. That is like such blatant thievery. That is so wrong what they did. I'm okay. It's okay. I'm loving. I'm spacious. I have a deep sweetness. It's all right. I have enough love for myself that I can see. I know why they did that. They really need to feel important and la la la. And then somebody in my life would come in and say, you should sue. Right? You should send a letter. I go, what do I, what do I gotta send a letter for? And then you then you and then the mind comes in. And the mind goes, all these reasons, because it, they could do it again in the future. Because it could come back and cost you some money. Because let's just be really clear. It should come from a lawyer, and then they're really wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And just lots of things. I just I could have saved so, so much more time and energy if I just said. Went with my first instinct, first instinct, which is, it's cool. It's okay. I loved how with the book, you know, you talk about the assumption that being love means feeling more. And I think as someone that is a oceanic feeler, I'm like, (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? Well, I'm going to be lost. How will I exist if I'm loving more (laughs) and feeling more? It's, it actually scares me. And so what would be, oh, that's good. What, yeah, what, what do you want to tell me about that? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, how does it feel to f- be feeling all the time? Confusing. It feels like I lose myself. I'm like, okay, who? I'm a feeler, but I'm also, if I'm feeling a lot of people and I'm feeling a lot of things for other people and I'm feeling a lot of things for myself, where exactly? And sometimes it's like, where's my experience of life? If I'm constantly, and this is more in the mind when I'm kind of talking about it, if I'm constantly in the mind of the feeling, like where's my actual, how do I actually get a human experience on earth if I'm consistently like in the vibe of feeling all the time? So sometimes when I think about love, I do think about the love being that compassion and the compassion sometimes feels like, and I know this isn't correct, but taking on others' energy at times whether heal for them or hold that space or whatever. So it feels overwhelming to be like, okay, I've got to be in love more. And I guess for me too, it's like love is the exalted, beautiful expression, you know, of purity, which feels so amazing, but it is also the the heart. And it is also from me, the, the other end of it, where it can be something that's really deep. Mm. You guys are great. Love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love doesn't go up and down. Love is never confused. It's not a merry-go-round. It's not a wave. Love is steady, abiding, impenetrable, and penetrating everything. It's the stuff of life. It is the fabric of existence. It just... It's hard to wrap your head around, it's, mm-hmm. but it just is. It doesn't get thrown off if someone says the wrong thing. It is just, it keeps loving. It keeps shining. It's just ever generative consciousness. There's nothing whimsical about it. 
feelings, this might be bad news, hard news. Everything you feel comes from the past. Mm -hmm. So this is a question I ask in how to be loving. We'll come up with another metaphor. Someone doesn't show up for a date, girlfriend, boyfriend, cafe date. What are we most likely to feel? Pissed off, angry. How do we know we're supposed to be angry? We've been trained. We've been programmed and conditioned. Somebody once told us, oh, you should be pissed off when people are late. We heard it from our parents. We saw it in school. We were taught, but we're inculcated into how we should feel in so many situations. Oh, this is the situation. This is what's happening. Therefore, I'm going to pull out this feeling. I'm going to have this particular reaction. When you're more conscious, you have a wider range of feelings. You know, it's like kids, you ask an eight-year-old boy how they feel. They go, happy or things suck. That's it. That's the range. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We get more mature. We're like (laughs) all kinds of layers of emotions. This is more texture and everything. Emotions come from the subconscious. Every mystic, Einstein, Jung has said, they're guessing. We're about 5% conscious. So let's just go with the math. That means 95% of what we feel is actually coming from below the surface. We're not aware of it. We're not choosing to feel that way. We're not choosing to run that energy through our system. It's just like, oop, it's in the basement and it comes up and it's in our living room. Well, where'd you come from? Your subconscious, which is full of media stories and past life stuff and culture and ancestry and all of that. So let's go to love for a second. And I will really want to talk about you and everybody who identifies as being empathic, feeling other, other people's feelings and that being of service because that's a, actually such a beautiful thing. Love is a state of beingness, a state of consciousness. It's a virtue. Virtues being other things like, all these other virtues I'm about to name are all like the offspring of the queen virtue, which is love. Love makes compassion. Love makes forgiving. Love makes resilience and loving kindness, which is different than love. Love makes radiance. Love makes generosity, gentleness. Those things come through you. You just are that in that moment. It's like a full energy body, physical experience. You don't even have to think about it. And then you move. Then we're in this dimension. We're here in these bodies. And then then we speak and our words are compassionate. And we eat compassionately and we move compassionately. Whatever those things mean for everybody. Feeling other people's feelings in a way that it's, it's of service. The way that it's not of service to you or anybody else is you think you got to do everybody else's work for them to earn your keep. I think there's something deep within us that says, if I grieve or cry on, beha- on your behalf, I'm earning, I'm, this is my job as a new ager and I'm burning my karma. Okay, that's the unhealed self saying, I'm going to just keep suffering. Then I think there's the heart center or consciousness that says, give it to me. I can take it. 
I'll cry with you. I'll cry for you. I have space for you. And this is where the great masters go. This is the life of Christ. I will die on your behalf. There's a beautiful story of, with Yogananda, Paramahasana Yogananda. So there's many gurus at that kind of level, you could say, known and unknown. Mostly we don't know who they are because they weren't on Instagram when they got enlightened. <laughs> and they consciously take on the suffering of their community. So Yogananda's disciples can see him physically suffering. He, this guy, is in pain. Everybody's aware that he is intentionally burning the karma of his devotees. And it's not like you're a great master and you're going to take it and not feel it or experience it. Like you're going to burn it. And the disciple says to him, Oh, master, I see you suffering. And Yogananda says, don't. It's because of the suffering that I know the great mother. Like, so there's so much mm. in there. So it's like, I don't, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing like the three of us right now, we haven't reached those heights of Yogananda enlightenment. We're all going to get there someday. Everybody, everybody, everybody is going to get there someday. So I think I am not equipped to feel your feelings for you and to burn it in a clean way. I can't actually take that from you. I'm just going to get in your energy field, stir it up and mix some shit up. And I'm not going to further myself. That's going to manifest in me as like something I don't want in my body. I'm not going to think clearly. I won't be able to show up and serve and do this kind of stuff. But I think we all have the experience of, you know, you can be with a partner and certainly anybody who loves a child, you know, with a child, you'd say, oh, if I could, if I could take that away from you, I would. And you mean it because you have the capacity. Oh, how you feel about being bullied today? I could take that. I could eat that. I could eat your pain for breakfast because your love. But other stuff, I don't think we're that high frequency enough to take on other people's pain. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.